0: First day of have practice in week four of Washington Commanders training camp, and the sun wasn't the only thing bringing the heat to the practice field. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders.
1: Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome to Commanders fans to today's episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day, every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to, you can continue this conversation with me via text message by going to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders, where you can talk with me, your host, David Harrison, on Twitter, at dharrison82, credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's. Fan nation, of course, I appreciate all of the subtexters who have been keeping me company during these training camp practices, and I appreciate all the everydayers who come through the Locked On Commanders podcast for every episode that we are dropping here with you five days a week, Monday through Friday, but also a little bit of a wonky schedule with preseason training camp and all those stuff. But basically, if there's something Washington Commanders related happening, I'm going to try to churn out an episode for you as best I can. On today's episode of Locked On Commanders, we're going to discuss injury updates, including An offensive lineman that had to leave the practice field during the practice on Monday. Uh, And we will pick up our Sam Howell watch from practices 14 and 15 since we did not have a Sunday episode. But we are going to start this Monday episode by talking about the overall tone of practice, which was either really good or really poor and sometimes downright ugly, depending on which side of the ball you were on. And actually, just real quick, a little bit of of a bonus. If you're watching on YouTube, if you look about in this area here, if you can zoom in, on your screen, uh, John Kime is actually doing his podcast behind me. So uh, I don't know if we can call that John Kime's first appearance on the Lock Talk Commanders podcast or not. But John Kime back there doing uh, the good work that he always does. Uh, speaking of doing good work, the Commanders defense, first padded practice of week four, first padded practice following the preseason win over the Cleveland Browns. And the, the Washington Commanders defense is going to feel like they certainly put in some really good work when they hit the locker room and they hit the meeting rooms uh, later on today here on Monday. The offense, however, is not going to feel great about what they put on tape and what they put on the practice field on Monday. The defensive line got pressure on the quarterbacks all day long. We're talking first team. We're talking second team. We're talking third team. And look, it wasn't just from one part or another. Like I can't sit here and say, oh man, Andrew Wiley had a really bad day. Nolan Loffenberg had a really bad day or Brandon Brandon Daniels had a really bad day. Just the groups in general are not going to be happy with what happens in film study uh, later on uh, today and just throughout the week as they dissect more of this film. Pressure was coming from the left. It was coming from the right. And when it wasn't coming from the edges, it was coming from the middle. The quarterbacks really did not have a whole lot of time or comfortability while trying to find receivers in practice. And look, to a certain extent, that's what you want. The defense needs to win. The defense needs to have some good days, of course. And you need to, you know, iron sharpens iron and all that stuff. But today I think was easily to me in my opinion, the most lopsided practice we've had uh, all of training camp. But it's not just the pressure that I was getting through because, as we know, practice sacks are never good either. But during practices, even if there's a practice sack, usually the coaches say, finish the play anyway. And we heard Eric bien say multiple times to his offensive units, finish the play. you see Juan Sweat or James Smith-Williams or, or whoever was coming in for a practice sack because obviously you're not hitting the quarterback, and you hear EB say, finish the play anyway, finish the play, finish the play. Um, and sometimes when they were finishing the play, throwing the ball out there, we had drops, we had in- inaccurate passes, uh, just a lot of mental mistakes happening uh, today on the Washington Commanders uh, practice field. Multiple, multiples from across the team in 11-on-11s, uh, including one very early in the 11-on-11s, Eric Bieniemy yelling at receiver Jahan Dotson, second-year receiver, star in the making, uh, to fight for a pass. Because so he was coming open over the middle of the field. Sam Howell threw the ball in there. I will tell you, it was a little bit behind Jahan Dotson. Uh, but on him enough that he could potentially make a play on the ball. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes stuck an arm in there, knocked the ball away, got the He's got to celebrate. Jahan Dotson was then yelled at by Eric Bieniemy to fight for the pass harder and try to make the play uh, for his quarterback. So nobody was immune uh, from what was going on on the practice field for the offense today. Um, in total, there were two practice sets or two practice sacks on the first set of first-team 11s. So let me say that again. First-team 11s in their first set of 11-on-11s uh, first team offense, rather, in the first set of 11 on 11s, had two practice sacks given up. And honestly, it felt like quarterback Sam Howell even was kind of holding the ball a little bit longer than he really had been during the rest of training camp, even in the face of pressure. Usually Sam was really good at getting the ball out of there. But today it just felt like on some of these reps and especially on one or one or two of these sacks that he was just kind of holding the ball a little bit longer, wasn't making the decisions uh, quite as fast as we're we're used to seeing him. Uh, do that and that was that was a little bit, you know, I don't say disappointing because it's only one day and I think everybody is warranted are allowed to have a bad day. So what caused it? Could it be the heat? You know, it was it was pretty warm out here today uh, in Ashburn, you know, the sun was out but there were some clouds. It wasn't the hottest day they've ever had, but you know, heat kind of like pressure can be cumul- cumulative, you know, when you're training in the heat over and over and over and over again, eventually it just kind of wears you down uh, a little bit. So certainly could be a little bit of that. Maybe it's a post-game low after the high that they experienced coming out of Cleveland, come back out. And, and sometimes when you have that battle test and you come out of it and you feel good about what you did and you're proud of some of the things you did, like Sam Howell said after that win, you know, sometimes that pride can turn into a little bit of, of comfort and that comfort can turn into a little bit of laziness. And perhaps the offense got bit uh, a little bit by that bug here today, or possibly it's the middle of the training camp rut. You know, they're right here in the middle of camp. Uh, again, it's been hot. There's been a lot of physical practices, a lot of hard work, the tempo. Uh, is much higher than these guys are used to from offensive coordinators in the past. And, you know, the the units are still new. There's a lot of young pieces here. So maybe they're just kind of in this rut. And and as you get through the ebbs and flows of training camp, you kind of need those benchmarks, right? We talked about it towards the end of the first week of training camp and kind of said these guys really needed that first day off because you kind of see a little bit of sluggishness come in. They came back for the second week, boom, pads, excited everybody, got the energy level back up. By the end of week two, they're fighting each other. They were cussing each other out. Eric B. Is cussing out players, uh, for throwing footballs at each other and all this. So you kind of sense, okay, they need another, they need another benchmark. Well, you get that game week. Now we get into game week and boom, we're building all the way up to Cleveland. You go to the game, you get that game out of the way. But now that's a preseason game, right? It doesn't go in the win loss column for the regular season. So I think now you're kind of in this, this valley where you need that next benchmark to come to re energize this team and really provide. Uh, that external motivation. Internal motivation is great. And don't get me wrong, these guys are certainly working their butts off. So I don't want to make it sound like they're out here just phoning it in. But I think those benchmarks and those external motivators certainly important. Well, you got Baltimore right down the road Tuesday and Wednesday, and they're going to provide you some external motivation. So hopefully Tuesday and Wednesday, we see better play, more sharp uh, practice performances from Sam Howell and this Washington Commanders uh, offense. Fortunately, all the mistakes made on Monday are ones that the team can survive through in the coming days, in the coming weeks through training camp, but a dangerous moment came when linebacker David Mayo was trying to fight through a blocker and fell into the legs and feet area of quarterback Sam Howell. Fortunately, he was able to escape, but it's never a good moment when you see your quarterback with with bodies around him getting rolled up on by defenders, especially in practice, especially in practice against your own team where you're supposed to care uh, even more. And that's about all Howell was able to escape uh, as he himself was bitten by the uh, down day for the offense at practice that's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And this episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is the easiest place to play fantasy football and the best place for best ball. Best ball mania four is the largest fantasy football tournament ever. August is here, and you know what that means: the official start of fantasy football drafting month. So get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on underdog fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades. They've got 30-second drafts. They've got eight-hour drafts. So if you want to stretch this thing out uh, and do your research between picks, you can certainly do that. But then Underdog sets your best lineup every week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the overall winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July. So don't wait around. Get your team and your entry in today visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and sign up with promo code locked on to get your first deposit doubled up to 100 that's underdog fantasy promo code locked on
1: if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast
0: everything locked on commanders. your first listen or view today and every day every day is greatly appreciate you again for coming through fan attendance at commander's practices for training camp is coming to an end soon so if you want to get direct text messages from me during practice including when we are in baltimore tuesday and wednesday head to jointsubtextcom slash locked on commanders i'll tell you right now not all media members were able to get credentialed and get into the joint practices of baltimore because of limited space and availability you got two beats occupying the space, usually occupied by one, but I will be there for both days. So if you want those inside text messages during practice, uh, as best as I can, Baltimore, a little bit more strict on their digital media usage during practice. I will just warn you about that now. But if you want as many texts as I can give you from Baltimore during the joint practices, uh, just, again, head to subtext.com slash commanders. You get the first two weeks free. Uh, so that's perfect time for you to get through the rest of training camp and preseason and have your own source inside the practices uh, and the games coming up. As they come, Sam Howell, watched day 14 and 15 here on this episode of Lockdown Commanders. And look, day 14, uh, he completed pretty much everything because it was um, it was basically a jog through a little bit faster than a walkthrough. Not super competitive, more so just scout team stuff, you know, off, first team offense going up against scout team defense, first team defense going up against scout team offense, uh, no pads again, things like that. So not a whole lot to report from an efficiency, proficiency standpoint. It's all about putting plays on film. So they go back and want to say, okay, here's where you're supposed to hit. Here's where you're supposed to go work through your progression, kind of go through without the pressure of knowing that there are people really coming after you. Uh, Something that we saw earlier in training camp as well. We saw it again on Sunday on Monday, however, day 15, the return of pads and the return of competitive practice. And uh, as we've already kind of discussed today, the offense not really being so much competitive, but the defense certainly competing and bringing the heat to the Washington Commanders offense. Uh, mostly the offense, it looked like it by the end was just trying to get through the session without everybody just getting fired or or being made to run uh, gassers for for the end of practice. Uh, Quarterback Sam Howell for the day went 6-for-10 on pass attempts and 11-on-11 team drills Monday. I did have an interception throw on the throw attempt. Uh, He was trying to hit tight end Cole Turner over the middle of the field, went over his head and into the waiting arms of safety Jeremy Reeves. Uh, For Reeves, I believe it's his second interception in 11s. Uh, uh, for this training camp for Sam Howell. It's his third interception in 11s in training camp. But really the first one that I would just say, period, point, blank, it's on Sam Howell. The first one uh, that he threw, his his foot kind of got tripped up by an offensive lineman who was getting pushed back. And as he was falling backwards, trying to make the throw, obviously, the trajectory got all messed up and Emmanuel Forbes came down with that one. Uh, the second one, off the hands of De'Ami Brown into another defender. I think that was Percy Butler on that one. Uh, and then this one, again, he just sailed it over the head of Cole Turner, right into uh, Jeremy Reed's waiting hand. So three interceptions and 11-on-11s during training camp so far for Sam Howell. This one really the first bad one from Sam uh, that just purely put on him by himself. Uh, Given the context of the day, though, it was just another note uh, to write down on a rough day for the offense. Certainly, they're going to want to put this day as quickly uh, or as far behind them as quickly as they possibly can. In fact, day 15, I do believe, was probably the most inaccurate day that we have seen from Sam Howell this training camp uh, with several passes, not just that one from Cole Turner or intended for Cole Turner, but several passes sailing over his target's heads or behind uh, targets on occasion. There was one pass that was really kind of out of reach of, of Curtis Hodges, the tight end, but he actually somehow made the catch a really great catch by him, one of the highlights of the day for the offensive. But there were some highlights, right? So let's go through the way that we do on the Howell. Uh, How watch I charted all of his passes in 11 on 11. So let's go through all 10 of these bad boys. I uh, started off the first set of 11 on 11s. 0 for one, and that was the pass that I was kind of talking about in the first segment. It was pass the pass was broken up by Emmanuel Forbes, the rookie corner, working on receiver Jahan Dotson. Again, it was kind of a crossing middle route from the right to the left side of the formation, and uh, Jahan Dotson got yelled at briefly by Eric Bieniemy for not fighting harder for the ball than he did. Uh, Sam Howell completed his second pass of the first set, completing a drag route. Right to left side uh, to Cole Turner. The third rep of the set was a sack. Cody Barton, the linebacker, getting in, getting pressure on Sam Howell and getting to him for what would have been a practice sack. Again, they finished the rep, but I'm charting this as accurately as I can so it goes down as a sack, not as an actual pass attempt. Uh, Went two for three after three pass attempts. This one was one of the highlights of the day, probably the play of the day. Deep left pass to Jahan Dotson on the sideline. Got between cornerback Kendall Fuller and safety. Derek Forrest and don't get me wrong, Jahan Dotson brings that pass in, probably would have taken quite a hit from safety Derek Forrest and I could be mistaken, I didn't get a chance to talk to Jahan afterwards, but it kind of looked from the way he ran the route, he almost thought about giving up on it, Uh, knew that the safety was kind of bearing down on him, but he made the play, made the catch for his quarterback, Uh, certainly doesn't want to draw the ire of Eric P. Enemy uh, for lack of effort again, so he makes the play and yeah, I think two or three more steps Derek Forrest is probably on top of him, that probably isn't going to feel very good, but that's what professionals get paid for, right? Uh, very next rep was another sack this time was uh, James Smith-Williams coming in for the pressure again. Sometimes it came from the middle. Sometimes it came from the edge. This one came from the edge. Another practice sack. And then his fourth pass attempt coming on the sixth rep of the set, going three for four drag route again from right to left. Uh, this time it was Marcus Kemp uh, working on Christian Holmes in coverage, and that finished the first set. So if I just told you San Howell went three for four with the deep pass to Johan Dotson on the left side of the field, you probably say, oh, man, that's great. But then you hear the lack of effort on one play by Jahan Dotson. You hear the two sacks, and that makes it not so great, right? So that's kind of the context there uh, from the first set of plays from Sam Howell and 11-on-11s. The second set of plays start off one for one, a quick screen pass to Jahan Dotson that was executed fairly well. Some of the blocks were missed and probably wouldn't have gone for more than a couple of yards. Uh, one for two, the next pass was incomplete. A quick boot out to the right side, intended for Terry McLaurin was thrown behind Terry McLaurin, I mean, Terry turned his body as much as a human body is physically able to turn in that situation, was not able to bring the ball in. Again, another one of just just one of several inaccurate passes from Sam Howell uh, on the day. Went two for three on the third pass, uh, middle right right to left route by Deami Brown uh, coming over the middle of the field from right to left on the offensive formation completed there. Uh, Two for four with an incompletion on the next pass, a long developing route over the left to the right side. Uh, high. It was just a pass that was too high for Curtis Samuel. And again, Curtis Samuel, a little bit a little bit shorter of a receiver, right? I did say if that route was run by, say, Terry McLaurin, then it's probably a completion. But because it's Curtis Samuel, falls incomplete. Uh, and then the next pass is the interception by Percy Butler, uh, rather sorry, Jeremy Reeves over the head of tight end Cole Turner, making Sam Howell two for five in the second set with an interception. His sixth pass attempt was a play action boot to the right side that was completed to wide receiver De'Ami Brown, making him three for six. After that, you have two straight sacks. You've got Montez Sweat getting in uh, against Andrew Wiley, and then you've got David Mayo coming in. Uh, and again, not only was it a practice sack, but it was an almost an actual sack, David Mayo falling in to the feet of Sam Howell. Uh, and that was the end of the drill for the first team. Eric Bieniemy very forcefully telling his first-team offense to exit the field, uh, saying, I'm going to paraphrase this. You're a effing embarrassment. And from where the enemy was standing, I don't know who he was talking to. If he was talking to a person or if he was talking to the units, the way that the day was going, I'm going to assume he was talking to the units. Again, ending the second set with two straight sacks. So that's four sacks. If you're counting four sacks and two drives, not good, not a good day, guys, not a good day. Um, and then, uh, you know, the interception look uh, again, you have the overthrow on Curtis Samuel, and then you have the overthrow on Cole Turner. Leading to the interception. So, in that second set, you know, Sam goes three for six. You've got two straight overthrows, uh, you know, too high to, for the receivers and then two straight sacks. Just not a good way to end the drill. So, again, if you're on defense, you probably loved it. And if you're a defensive fan, then you love it. But if you're on offense, you're not really happy with how uh, the day went. Thankfully, however, the interception doesn't count for real. It's something that Sam Howell can learn from and hopefully will learn from. And also, thankfully, Mayo was able to hold up just enough. Uh, And Sam Howell was aware enough that disaster did not strike the starting quarterback on that rep, but Washington is dealing with some injuries. So we'll get some updates on those coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. And we'll do that. Thanks to our friends over at FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. That's right. You pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you will get bonus bet currency every time they win during the regular season so you bet on the kansas city chiefs to win super bowl they are the current favorites even if they don't win the big game every regular season game they win which you can pretty much count on being a very good amount as long as patrick mahomes is healthy you're going to get bonus bet money for that and honestly if you're me my strategy i'm saving that bonus bet money and i'm going to use that if the chiefs aren't in the super bowl or i don't think they're going to beat their matchup i'm putting that bonus bet money on the opponent. I might even put it on the opponent anyway, and you're basically guaranteed to win the Super Bowl, right? I mean, that's to me, that's my strategy. Maybe you have a different strategy. Just pick any team to win, and you will get bonus bets. You can use them on my strategy, or you can place them on spreads, player props, over-unders, anything you really want on FanDuel. It doesn't even have to be football. The current favorites, again, are the Kansas City Chiefs at plus 600, while the second favorite team to win the Super Bowl is that green-wearing team up in the Northeast FedEx field at plus 800. Meanwhile, the Commanders have plus 6,500 odds which means if you put a 100 bucks on the Commanders, you'll get bonus bets for every regular season win they get. And if they win the Super Bowl, you'll earn $6,500. So at least you'll get the bonus bets if you don't get a Super Bowl win. And again, you'll get those bonus bets. Or you can play it safe. And even when the Chiefs don't win again, you can get some bonus bet- bets for their regular season win. So just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. This is FanDuel.com. wrapping up today's episode of locked on commanders with injury updates following training camp practice number 15 tight end logan thomas continues to miss practice uh due to the calf injury that he suffered earlier in camp Uh, and at this point honestly i'm not sure he's going to be back i don't think he's going to be back at practice or back for the baltimore ravens game i'm not 100 certain guys that we're going to see him back before the cincinnati Bengals game we may not see him back until the end of training camp and a preseason and into those practices running up into the regular season again abundance of caution The team continues to say they're not super concerned about it, just being cautious. Uh, Ron Rivera had more to say on that here in just a minute. Noticeably absent absent from the practice field on Monday was cornerback Benjamin St. Juice. Uh, And Monday, Coach Ferrer said he's dealing with an ankle injury. Meanwhile, defensive end Chase Young with his self-reported stinger uh, from Friday night and defensive tackle Fiderian Mathis, who tweaked his calf during the game against the Browns, continue to get limited work. Uh, they work out a little bit in the beginning, but then they kind of set out the bulk of the team drills or all the team drills and then the bulk of the individual drills during practice. Uh, again, we, you know, Sam Howell avoided a scary incident. Sam Cosme kind of had a scary incident uh, during practice. The right guard fell to the ground and stayed on the ground. I was watching coverage in the past, uh, so I didn't see exactly what happened to Sam. But some other people observed that so it looked like he rolled his ankle. But Ron Rivera saying something different later uh, appeared to injure his right leg, period and left to the middle to the medical tent off the side of the practice field for a short period. But he did eventually return and participate in individual and in team drills, including some one-on-one. Javera said that after practice, that Cosme hyperextended his right knee, but everything seems to be good since he went back in and finished uh, practice. Javera also said that some of the guys have been missing practice because, uh, or some guys missing practice could return to the Ravens joint practices depending on medicals Monday night and Tuesday morning. And then on St. Juice ankle injury, he said they're just being smart, slowing it down, to not risk elevation of the injury to st juice and he also said they're continuing to be cautious with logan thomas because he is a little bit older he's a veteran and he's got a little bit of injury history so those are the injury updates uh for monday of course we'll continue to keep an eye on all those guys and even more as we go through the rest of the training camp in a very physical two days of practice that the team is about to embark on with the baltimore ravens a couple other things offensive line related that i was asked by some of my subtexters specifically uh, Asked about Andrew Wiley and his footwork. Look, he did get beat on a couple of sets today. He's not the only one, uh, but they do continue to work on that. In fact, I actually saw offensive line uh, assisting or offensive assistant coach Juan Castillo working with him specifically on some of those things, not just Andrew Wiley, but some of the other tackles. And a note on that offensive line coach, uh, assistant offensive line coach, soon to be offensive line coach for the Washington Bears, Travell Wharton has been absent here at practice in training camp for, for the last little bit, and it was revealed on Monday that he threw his back out at one point, had to have surgery, so he's recovering, and we certainly wish Coach Wharton a speedy recovery, full recovery, and look forward to seeing him back out here on the practice field. Also, uh, something that everybody has kind of noticed and we haven't talked about just quite yet, uh, center, third-round center, right? Ricky Stromberg out of Arkansas is actually getting reps now at right guard. He's still getting some center work, but he is getting largely right guard work uh, at this time in training camp, doing some cross-training, working on some versatility, things like that. And uh, guard Nolan Loffenberg has actually started getting center reps. Uh, I talked to him about that on Tuesday after practice. I've got some interviews uh, in the in the save box uh, waiting for you guys. i have got to find time here to get them edited, polished up for you for an episode so I can put them in. So we will return to that practice here shortly. Uh, here on Tuesday, there was a USAA event that kind of took some of my time, so I didn't want to delay getting this episode out to you guys any further. So some interviews, I've, got already, I've already got about four or five interviews already kind of stockpiled. So we'll start getting through some of those interviews. One of those is with Nolan Loffenberg. Talk to him very briefly. It's only about a minute and a half, honestly, but ask him how he felt coming out of Cleveland, how he feels about the cross training and how valuable he feels like the versatility is. Right now, honestly, you know, we still have a long way to go, but I feel like what's probably going to happen, Nick Gates is going to be your starting center. I think Tyler Larson is going to be your backup center. Ricky Stromberg is going to be a backup guard. So then, in theory, you have three centers on your active roster between Martin, Larson, and Stromberg. But you also have Stromberg cross-trained as a guard in case you get bit by the injury bug there, which I think is fairly smart. And then Nolan Laufenberg has had a very solid camp; has really done some some really good things. Probably put him on the practice squad. And then if someone gets injured and in, on the interior offensive line, you bring him up. He's also got guard center versatility. I think it's a very smart path that they're taking, if I'm correct in what I'm reading. So that's it for today's practice. Again, day fifteen. In the books, day 16 is in Baltimore. Uh, I've never been to the Baltimore training facility. I am going to try to do my episodes from the Baltimore Ravens training facility. It's just going to depend on Wi-Fi. It's going to depend on availability. So bear with me. I will do my best that I can. If I can't, as soon as I get home, I will lay down the episode for you and get it out as quickly as possible. That's coming up tomorrow and the rest of the week. we got another practice on Wednesday. We're off Thursday, but I will drop an episode on Thursday for you. Friday, we're back to practice. Saturday, we're back to practice. And then Monday night football is right around the corner. In the meantime, if you've got questions or comments, drop them in the YouTube comments. Email them to locked on commanders at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter at d 82 or text me directly anytime by going to join subtext.com/slash locked on commanders. Thank you so much for making me part of your day, part of your football routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind. And I'll see you next time right here on Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network on your team every day